Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome in. It's Thursday morning. I'm your host, Vlad Harris, with another Panther Rants podcast. Well, Pitt had their uh, blackout theme from uh, last night. I think I say pretty much the well. There was plenty of plenty of blackouts, you know, that uh, last night. I guess you can say, in, uh, you know, well, the fans. I mean, the, the the zoo showed up, and. I know there was some criticism of how, you know, what they were doing. I guess I guess they weren't really cheering or doing anything uh, spectacular. Well, when Duke comes out of the uh, gate and uh, pretty much destroys you, what, what the hell else are you going to do? You could chant, I mean, well, you know. I'm sure you could chant, like, fuck Duke or whatever. You could have those type of chants, but really, that's all you can do. And what point? What's the point of saying "f Duke" when uh, you're getting uh, throttled by thirty plus? Yep. So, really, there's not much you can do. It just is what it is. Well, you can't say we don't we don't pay our players, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other cheers you can do, and or you can knock a beach ball around. But I mean, you can scream all you want, but well, the thing about it is, is it doesn't matter what the zoo could have done that night; they could have all taken their clothes off and you know jumped up and down and distracted the hell out of Duke. Probably distracted dude, probably mortified him too. And, uh, you know, things Zoom members are listening to this. Don't take it personal. I'm, I'm not Brad Pitt either, hardly. Actually, no, I mean, not hardly. I'm not, I'm not Brad Pitt. But. You know, we still would have lost that game, even then. If we had a, you know, if we had a full naked student section, yeah, we still would have lost. And it's not because all of our all of our uh, pit students are overly hot, by any means. It wouldn't matter. If they, it wouldn't matter if they were hot or you know, they were all out of shape. You know, too much, too much Keystone Light on the weekends. I've been there. Um, you know. I have a dad bod now, so if you, you know, if you mix years of drinking Keystone Light, and then with kids, 
Well, yeah, it's a double whammy. So then, you know, you got to end up watching your health. But anyways, Kevin Stallings even mentioned this post-game that they had no answers. And he just said they're just a good team. And really, that's all they are. They're a really good basketball team, and they just don't have answers for them. Especially with, you know, what they have talent-wise. It's starting a bunch of young players, and... And people will say, well, gee, Duke starts young players all the time, but they seem to do fine. Well, here's the thing. It's Duke. The young guys that are getting are a lot better than the young guys we have. Because they're Duke. Oh, how lovely. Sorry, people. I'm just looking up at the uh, traffic sign, and there's a big accident further down, so I'll be here. You get to hang on me for a while. But, yeah, didn't matter. Pitt didn't defend, didn't rebound. There's a lot of stuff they didn't do. Although, they did, although in the second half, they cut the lead to 17 points. And Coach K caught timeout and said, uh, you're not letting these guys back in the game. Get back out there and destroy them, which they did. Pitt lost by 35. And, yeah, only 50, you know, Pitt didn't square many points. That's the thing. If Pitt's going to win any games, they're going to have to play defense. It's going to be a defensive struggle, like a 58-52 game or 58-55 game. It's going to be some of those ugly, ugly games we used to see back in the early Helen Dixon years. Where some nights the Pitt defense would destroy the opponent and they would offensively, they would do pretty well. But sometimes Pitt would lose games, not lose games, win games, but they would be ugly because the defense just wasn't there, you know, that day. Or not defense, the offense. But as far as the whole fan thing, I mean, um, people get mad about the fan police, and personally, I don't really care at this point. I mean, it's nice that these guys are playing together, but at the end of the day, the product overall, if we're looking at a... I mean, if I'm looking at it from, like, a non-fan perspective, I'm just looking at it on the surface, it's dog shit. So, you can sit there and say that all all they're playing together are doing this. The product itself is dog shit. So, people aren't going to come and support dog shit, unless, unless it's the Pirates. Because the Pirates, they get their bobbleheads, they all all kind of stuff. They get to sit sit a nice ball a nice ballpark, get their view of the skyline, and it's just so awesome. And of course, you know they have all these new food stands at PNC this year, and tonight's everything's a buck night. Oh, there's a free food section where it's all you can eat.
that's yeah, that's what you got to deal with. And oh, don't forget the bobbleheads. Oh, definitely the bobbleheads. So you know, Pitt's had you know, Pitt doesn't have all that luxury to draw fans like that. Although you know, they have the blackout shirts. They're giving stuff like that out, which is pretty decent. But people aren't going to come to support a a really bad team. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if they or if they're starting five freshmen or that a lot of these guys are just young, their first year. It doesn't matter. It's a if it's a bad product, people aren't going to come and see it. So I don't. You know, I don't judge those people. I mean, I don't criticize people who donate and. Still go to the games and still bitch. I mean, you're donating and you, you bought your money, you, you can bitch. So, is it annoying? Sure. But they're allowed to do it. That's their prerogative, so I'm not going to criticize them for it. One thing that Kevin Stallings did mention is Ryan Luther, their role, their looking at possibility of a uh, medical registry for him and I would be totally on board with this because with Ryan Luther coming back next year and the guys I got coming in Ellison, Golden those guys It'll be totally worth it. Oh wow! Well, is that a major accent? Well, be happy they walked away from it. Yeah, I'm looking at the accent, of course. This is why traffic is so slow on I-10 is because on Houston, well, anywhere in Houston, usually is because when an accident happens, people rubberneck. They just have to look and see what happened. You know, see there's a body and this and that. But getting back, getting Luther back would be awesome because for next year, if we can get him, because it would definitely help out the front court. We'd have a really good front court. But not really good, I mean, just solid. I mean, by whatever standards. And Pitt would win a lot more games next year with him. So. That's something we can hope for and look forward to. Because uh, this season is garbage. It's hot garbage. And if you can get Ryan Luther another year, do it. And then just, you know what? Tell them to enjoy the rest of the year off. Because there's no need to, there's no need to rush him back when this team isn't doing anything. They're 0-4 in ACC play. They're probably not going to win other win any conference games this year. Unless hell freezes over. So let him take the year let him take the year off if he can, you know, 
get the red shirt and just bring him back next year. At the same time, the current players now, they got a year under their belt. So spend the rest of the year with this team. Let the, you know work on your fundamentals. That's all you can do. Because uh, I don't see Kevin Stallings getting fired anytime soon. Unless uh, he has a really bad meltdown and just resigns. But he, you know, he's here this year. And I'm, I mean, he's probably going to be here next year. Year three is probably going to be the biggest uh, a test for him. As to where this program's going and what they're doing. And if it's a, um, a reboot of uh, what's happening this year, this year so far, he probably won't be, he probably won't survive year three. I mean, he has to hurry up and do something because Duquesne is higher than us in the Ken Palm rankings, which is what people are, are so excited about. Even though fans are excited about this. I mean, for me, I mean, shoot, I don't care. It's the freaking Ken Palm. Awesome. They're in the Lag 10 conference. They're doing well in the Lag 10. If they were in the ACC, they would probably be, be 0-4 in conference play if they played in the ACC. So let's step back and, like, Duquesne all of a sudden is the freaking Hoosiers. It's good that they're winning, though, because... The last time they really won anything was when the Ron Everhart was there. And they were convinced that Everhart... They weren't going to get anywhere with Everhart. Which was dumb because they were they were, they were one win away from getting in the NCAA tournament. And then they dumped him after a winning season. He was actually doing pretty decent things there. But... Uh, the administration at the time didn't think that they were going to do any better, so they got rid of them. And then they had a, uh, they pretty much reverted back to the old the Duquesne we all knew and love. But what Dan brought, I guess, they're on the right track. You hope they can get to the NCAA tournament eventually, one day. It's probably going to take them, probably probably winning the Atlanta 10 tournament to do that, like whatever, whatever I was there. Because it's probably hard for the Atlanta 10 in general just to get an at-large. I mean, you have to be dating pretty much to get an at-large. And whoever else is in there, whoever's left in there. So, let's uh, get away from basketball because I've been rambling for 15 minutes and could hairily about it. Not really much on the pit pit football side. So, that's been kind of a wash. Now, 
I guess college football playoff wrapped up. We saw Alabama defeat Georgia. I don't think Pitt fans would have been able to stomach Jim Cheney winning a national championship. Although he didn't call that bad of a game. Georgia had some opportunities to put Bama away and just didn't do it. There were some drives that stalled because of bad throws. But, I mean, I thought that Georgia would lose by at least two touchdowns. But they were they got into overtime. I mean, they, Georgia played pretty much eight, as good as a game as you, as you can play against Bama. And they did have some help with Jalen Herbie playing so horribly bad. Not to mention Tua is a uh, freshman quarterback. And he did make freshman mistakes. Plenty of them to help Georgia. But he made some really, really nice throws. And of course, I thought the game was pretty much wrapped up when... um, Georgia nailed the 51 yard field goal in overtime. I mean, it was a beautiful kick. Because you figure Bama had so many of those field goals, then they missed them. And I think the the first missed the opening drive for Bama. He actually made the first one, but they got called back on a false start. The second one, he was off, they were off, off rhythm or whatever it was. They weren't in sync, and it forced them to uh, shank it. But you gotta feel bad for him. I mean, he, the, the kid. I mean, the story was he, he went, he always wanted to go to Bama. They never offered, and he went, and some, went to some other schools, and eventually was able allowed to transfer to Bama. And there he was playing for his favorite school. Has a chance to make the game-winning kick for them. They got Jalen Hurd who's played all year and obviously had a dog shit performance. And he got benched in the second half. And that's one thing you can say about Saban will make him one of the greatest coaches of our time is the fact that he didn't hesitate to pull his quarterback. A lot of coaches would have stuck with what they had. And went with it. But in the case of uh, Jalen Hurd, he, you know, Jalen Hurd's more of a running quarterback. He's not a guy who, at the time when they were down, Saban needed a guy who could throw the football, who could literally throw it. And that's why he made the move he did. And plus none of that, Tua can scramble as well. He's just a better thrower. But of course, at the same time, he's a freshman, so he's gonna make freshman mistakes. So he wasn't really you know, well, 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 you know, well groomed, I guess you can say. 
because obviously that second in, in that uh, that drive in the uh, second overtime or was it second overtime or first ever I forget what it was I don't even care that was the first overtime Bama's, Bama's possession he um He took a sack on on first down, and it was a really it was a big loss. And right then and there, you figure Georgia has it wrapped up. You know, it's a, it's over because obviously, maybe on this next play, maybe Tua throws a pick out of desperation. Nope. Instead, he instead he looks off the safety, and boom. And it was just enough. What, what he did was just enough because the safety creeped in. It was just enough for his receiver to get open, and he just like and he just launched that pass at the right time, and it was just beautifully, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful execution. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, that was a great. I mean, it was just a great throw. I mean, it sucks for Georgia, but the guy made a great play. It was a great, great national title game. People will complain about the fishing, saying that Bama got away with a lot of stuff, which is, you know, can happen. I mean, it's been a bad year for fishing on both levels, NFL and college football, which to me, I always said with the way of fishing goes sometimes, it feels like, it feels like, the, you know, football, especially NFL, it's more like glorified studio wrestling. I mean, it's it's all about drama. It's all storylines, of course, because we got plenty of those. And with the playoffs coming up with the NFL this week, we had the wild card. We had the divisional divisional round, and my hope is that Big Ben learned from last time against Jacksonville. Don't turn the ball over. Don't piss with these guys. Blake Bortles sucks. Just get the job done and get out of there. But our luck, you know, Bortles has been bad, but our luck is, is, is the way it is with Steeler fans. Bortles will probably come out throwing dimes. And it'll probably light us up for two, you know, over 200 yards, mainly three touchdowns. That's just our luck with things. But let's hope not. Let's hope we limit their offense and then we just, uh, you know, score more points and get out of there. And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to have to play the winner New England to Tennessee, but I wouldn't rule out Tennessee against the Patriots. That could be a better game than we than we think. NFC, of course, unless uh, Nick Foles does something, put, gets his gets his game together. I don't see the Eagles escaping this weekend at all.
I think they're out, which sucks for Eagles fans because of um, how really good of a season they had this year up until Carson Wentz's injury. But uh, you know, my pick for Amex for NFC is probably going to be New Orleans. They're playing really well. They're just a well-rounded team. It's, it's not it's not so much Drew Brees anymore. It's Drew Brees, and he's got more of a supporting cast. Definitely more of a supporting cast. He has at the throw. He has at the throw for five hundred yards a game. It'll win games now. He can still throw for three hundred though, if he wants to. I'm sure fantasy owners wouldn't mind it too much. But that's only, that's the only one team I can see out of the NFC doing it. I'm not sure about Atlanta. They've been so inconsistent this year. I don't see them making it out of the NFC. Minnesota has a really great team. They're, they're, they're low on, <clears throat> on all sides of the ball. But, of course, their quarterback's Case Keenum, who had a really good year this year statistically. But, I don't know. I can't see Case Keenum in a Super Bowl. I don't know. Anyways, I'm at 25 minutes. I've been rambling incoherently for 25 of it. But thanks for listening. Hell to pit. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.